Romans 9, 31. <clears throat> what shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? If God be for us, who can be against us? There was a, uh, I saw a young boy, 11 years old. Um, Kenzie and I kind of like to watch, there's a show, it's called Little Big Shots. And they find these talented kids from all around the world and bring them in and they give them their little few seconds of fame on national television. Well, the other day there was an 11-year-old boy on there and he come out with his father and he was a boxer, 11 years old. And he was just boxing around. They didn't say anything. He just walked out and his dad walked out with those pads on his hands and he was holding them up here and moving them around and that boy was just, he was tearing them up, let me tell you. I got tired watching him. Three to four minutes, he was just going at it. He was bobbing, weaving, rolling, moving. He was doing everything. His dad was moving at him and different things, and he was moving out of the way. I thought I probably couldn't even get out of the way of those practice pads, much less his gloves as fast as he was. But he was just 11 years old, and he was, said he'd been boxing since he, since he was six years old. He wants to be an Olympian, a champion, a world champion, and he had some idols and he had some people that he looked up to and they uh, talked about him and how he wanted to be. And he said that, but they showed a couple of his clips when he was um, in a couple of matches there. And I mean, it was like he outclassed them. It would have looked like me being in there with a Vander Holyfield. I mean, he just looked like he was ripping them apart. And, you know, there for a, a minute, you think about when these people take on this, they don't wake up one day and say, well, I think I want to be a world champion. I think I want to box for a living. It's something, you know, have you seen the movie Rocky? Rocky, you know, years ago, probably before any of y'all were born. Uh, Sylvester Stallone, he was a boxer, and he fought. There was a bunch of them, five or six of them. Well, anyway, he fought, and he won every one of them. But I'm here to tell you that you don't become a champion in one and a half to two hours. It takes years of practice. It takes goals. It takes things that we have to set out in a mindset and determination. And it's kind of like old saying, you know, sometimes... I think about, Brother Jerry was saying this morning about an old saying. My dad used to say that whenever you get a hold of something, you need to latch on to it like a bulldog on a bone. And I think, I, I didn't really hit me at the time because I was young and didn't pay it much mind, but when that dog gets a hold of that, he doesn't let go until they get a, a stick and break his jaws open to where they can get that bone out if they don't want him to have it. And I think that God's people need to get a hold of God like a bulldog on a bone, not let go. You know, if we have a need or a desire that we want to have God meet for us, we can get down to business then. We can stay with it. 
all of this about, <coughs> excuse me, all of, whenever it, it hits home, we can get serious. But we need to be serious all the time. And as I was talking about this young boy wanting to be a boxer, when somebody starts out in that business, they look for the best trainer in the world. They want to be the best. They want someone with experience. They look for the best cut man. They look for someone who can stop the bleeding in the event that they get hit. A lot of times, I can remember uh, Cassius Clay or Muhammad Ali he used to always have, he could talk people down. He could get in their mind and he would say, I'm so pretty. Them gloves don't hit me and tear my face up like he does others. And he was a, he was a world champion and, and he could talk the talk and walk the walk. He backed up what he said. He came out with uh, different tactics and he made the rope-a-dope famous, and he laid there and let them just give theirself out, and when they got tired, then he'd whip them down. But they never landed a glove on his face or his head. But it's all about we have to have the determination and holding on to the end. My mother used to tell me, she said, anything worth having is worth fighting for. And... I never did like to fight. I had a brother that was a year under me. He'd fight at the drop of a hat, and he'd drop the hat. I, my uncle tried to get him to box golden gloves, and he said, no, I can't do that. He said, well, you fight. If there, it doesn't matter where it was at. If you heard about a, a ruckus or a scruffle, Jody was there. He was in it. He didn't mean to be. He just always was that kind of person that ended up there. He was a fighter too. I can remember when he would come home and his, his fist would be swole. You couldn't even see knuckles. It'd be just swole. He'd have cuts on his hands. He wouldn't have no cuts on his face. My uncle said, you need to fight. He said, no. He said, you fight all the time anyway. You may as well get paid for it. He said, I'll sponsor you. He said, nope, I decline." He said, the kind of fighting that I do is there's no rules. Golden gloves, there's rules. He said, it's every man for himself and anything goes. Well, he, he kept that. And Jody was always the type that he took up for people and others. He didn't like to see anyone picking on anyone else, but he always stepped in. But the fighting part, your salvation is worth fighting for. Amen. Not only for you to fight for it, but Jesus has already fought for it. Amen. He fought for it for you in the beginning. I want to preach tonight a few minutes on the thought, the day that Jesus knocked out the devil. The day that Jesus knocked out the devil. Luke 4, 1 through 4 says, And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being forty days tempted of the devil. And in those days he did eat nothing. And when they were ended, he afterward hungered. 
And the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command this stone that it be made bread. And Jesus answered him, saying, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. First of all, Jesus said was full of the Holy Ghost. And it didn't stop there. It said, and he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. So we must be filled with the Holy Ghost. If Jesus was filled with it, why do we think that we wouldn't be? You know, I, and uh, if we don't have the Holy Ghost, we need to be seeking the Holy Ghost. That's one of the promises of God. That's one of the free benefits, the gift of God. I hear a lot of people say, you know, that I can't hardly make it now. I can't live right now. I have trouble here. The devil's been riding me all week. And then I want to tell him, take the saddle off and he'll quit riding you. You know, we have the power to overcome. We have everything right here in God's Word. I think a lot of times we go to the... Uh, I'm not against doctors. Nobody think that. We go a lot of times to talk to someone. They pay somebody. We pay people lots of money to sit down and listen to our problems. And a lot of times they don't tell you anything. They just sit there and let you vent. But it doesn't matter what you face in life. Finances, marital, a job. It doesn't matter. I, I, I'm standing here today to tell you that no matter what you need in life, you can find it right here. Any person you need to talk to to get advice, you can find it right here. Any question, anything you face in life, you can find the true answer right here. Family and people will tell you something to try to uh, save your feelings, to try to... Keep from hurting your feelings because they love you. But I'm telling you that the truth is right here. It will trim the wick. It will cut back and it will prune back that that doesn't need to be there. But now you can't just take this and like the pastor said this morning, pull out the part that you like and leave the other part. We have to rightly divide the word. Take it all in. They can't make it now, and we have the opportunity to have the Holy Spirit in us and working with us. How on earth do they possibly think? I've heard people say that when the rapture takes place, then I'll know everybody's gone, and I'm going to live right then. I'll come and give my life. How are they going to do that if the Spirit isn't with them? Hello? I mean, that's... Second, Jesus fasted 40 days, and he did eat nothing. Nowadays, most people won't fast. I'm not saying they can't, they won't. I'm talking about me. I don't fast either that as much. I should. But we won't give up one meal or one, much less one day. Amen or oh me. Hello? That's the way it is. You know, the truth. We've got to get down to the business of things. God, God is all about business. God's on business, on time, all the time, every time. And we come to church and we look for the, the singers to, to kind of prime the pump, so to speak. Most, 
Most of you don't even know what a hand pump is. But it, that was the way that they got water in the house back in the day. Sister Karen can probably tell you. She had to care. No, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> she picked on me a lot Friday night. So least did she know that I get the last word tonight. But anyway, you know, like I said, and if I didn't get you that time, wave at me, and I'll catch you on the next time around. I remember Sister Mary telling us in the back, you know, on Wednesday night, she said she fasted one meal, breakfast, every Tuesday morning for her child to be saved. Every Tuesday morning, she knew. It was like clockwork. She knew that she was going to fast that meal. She was willing, and she said she loved breakfast. She expected breakfast. Every morning at her desk, she had breakfast. But that Tuesday morning, she prayed instead of having breakfast. And I believe she said it was a year, maybe a little over a year. But God answered. God showed up on time. God came through. He honored her fast. He honored her prayer. And just giving one meal up, but the King of kings and the Lord of lords showed up for her. He answered. Jesus was hungry just as we get hungry. As Brother Jerry said this morning, he was human. He was flesh. Hebrews 2 and 18 says, Kenzie has this up in our, our kitchen on the whiteboard there. It's one of her scriptures, and it says, For in that he himself hath suffered, being tempted, he is able to secure them that are tempted. He's been tempted. You can't say you can't get him or me to believe well, he wasn't tempted like I am. He's been tempted. He was flesh. He wasn't any different. He had the same feelings. The same, he bled the same blood that you will bleed. He was real. He was the real deal. He felt pain. He was hungry. It said he hungered. And that's just like the devil to attack. And Wednesday night, Brother Wayne was back there and he was teaching. He just kind of carried over from where he left Sunday night. And I told him after service, I said, you just got all around everything I, I'm going to preach on. Then this morning in Sunday school, Sister Danelle taught and she got all around it. She brought up some scriptures that I was using. And then this morning the pastor got on it and all. And I said, well, Lord, is this confirmation or am I supposed to change this? But I believe that this is for someone. It's for us tonight. But I believe that as Jesus hungered, the devil attacked him. And I know that when I fast, I like to eat. Nobody can tell it except those that went out Friday night with us. But when I get down to pray, my stomach starts to rumble like a lion is in the house. And the devil tries to get my attention on other things. And he tries to tell me, you're hungry. Get up and just go eat something. You can come back and pray. But it don't work that way. We have to show the Lord that we're determined. We're wanting to uh, press through and to press in. 
The devil doesn't attack you on your, on your strong side or on when you're up on the mountaintop. He waits till you're in the valley, till you're at a low point in your life. He wants you to be pulled down. He tries to drag you down and attack you. We've heard so many sermons preached on the adversary as a lion roaming to and fro. He tries to devour, devour us. He tries to attack us and kill you. But I think a lot of times we underestimate him. I'm not trying to say that he is bigger than what we are, but I'm trying to get us to realize that we just think it's the devil and we can quote that scripture and say, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world or resist him and he'll flee from you. But there's all that other that's in between that goes in there that we have to be doing. You can't just say that. He is after you. He is like, I'm going to use a little different analogy here. I love to deer hunt. And when I shoot an animal, I try to kill it. But sometimes I don't make a good shot. Or Hannah don't, and we have to track it a little ways. But we got a good dog. <laughs> we got Belle. She comes through for us. But she can get on that scent, and she knows where it is. We may not be able to see the blood. It stopped bleeding. We don't find it. But she stays with it. And she takes us every time to it. She, you can count on it. And that's the way that the enemy is. He is after us. If you nick yourself, you think of a, of a scent or the blood that you're leaving, and he's on your trail. He's hot after you. If you're praying and you're seeking God for something, I can promise you, you've got his attention, whether you want it or not. He's looking. He thinks he's smart. But we, don't, we can't underestimate him. Jesus prayed and was full of the Holy Ghost. If he, needed to be, if he needed to pray, we need to pray. If he needed to have the Holy Ghost, we need to have the Holy Ghost. Luke 4, 5 through 8. That was round 1. Ding, ding, here we go. We're going to round 2. The devil taking him up into a high mountain showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give thee, and the glory of them. For that is delivered unto me, and to whomsoever I will give it. If thou therefore wilt worship me, all shall be thine. After he said all he had to say, Jesus answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, old man, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. No other gods, no other Baals, no other, no other things can take the place of the Lord thy God, only him. The devil took Jesus up to the high mount so he could see it all. He could overlook and see everything, all the kingdoms. And he told Jesus, he said, all this is mine, but I'll give it to you. You only have to do one little thing. Just fall down and worship me. The devil will lure people away from God over 
lots of things, jobs. Um, Jeremiah Yoakum is a, a Christian, a devout Christian, I'd say. I've heard him. He sings, writes music. He was offered a $150,000 salary a year to be on television, on TBN, I believe it was. And he turned it down to go to... He, he didn't accept it. He chose to stay at his dad's, at his father's church in eastern Kentucky, a small place of eastern Kentucky. But yet God blessed him more. You know, how many of us would turn down a six-figure-a-year job? I don't want to see nobody's hands who makes six figures, but I'm just saying. That's everybody that goes through college. That's their goal in life, to make the most you can make. But he turned it down. It's not all that it's cracked up to be. The devil will use any means that he can to pull you away from God. Whatever it takes. He'll, he, all these athletes on TV, I think about my grandson and, and, you know, he played football and his mom was so much, he got a full scholarship, a full ride. And his mom wanted him to naturally go into the NFL. She took care of him. He was going to get a great job and, with the NFL and buy her a home and take care of mama. And, but as I prayed, I prayed God's will. Because Morgan led an atheist to the Lord. And to me, that's more than than I could ever imagine Doug ever doing. All the people I've talked to, I've preached to, I've witnessed to, I've prayed for, none of that matters for all that he accomplished. I mean, just 18 years old and him to be able to live a life that someone could see a difference in him and him turn around and lead them to God from them believing that there is no such thing, there is no God, and I was, and as time neared for him to graduate, I prayed, God, not mama's will be done, not papa's will be done, but thy will be done. And I think now that he's at a place in his life that God's using him still, and um, I hope that when the time comes and he's here that we'll get to have him for... Uh, a testimony, he can give his testimony, but all these athletes and these famous stars and different ones, it's not easy. The devil lured them away, their alcohol, drugs, their families. I mean, as the old saying goes, they sold their soul to the devil. You know, we need to make sure our messages in the past several weeks have all been looking to the return of Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you that we better make sure beyond a shadow of a doubt, any doubt whatsoever be vanished, that we know that we're prayed up, paid up, and ready to go. The, the devil offers a counterfeit for every good thing that God has for his people. The devil's nothing but a counterfeit himself. If people sold out to God 
like they listen to the enemy attack them and come in and say, oh, it'll be all right. Nobody will ever know. It's okay today. You didn't pray like you should. We got a new little dog at the house, and I'm having to pray different times. It's upset my schedule. And me being military all my life, I'm on a schedule. So I pray for that little dog. But I'm going to tell you, the Lord answers in mysterious ways. Kenzie had a birthday, and Hannah got her a balloon. Well, while she was gone, that little dog got that little weight that held the balloon down, and she pulled it around the house and was having a grand old time. But that balloon string got wrapped around that little dog's leg as it was running. It looked back, and it thought that balloon was going to eat her up. <laughs> and, I mean, you thought that I ran over... Friday with the golf cart. And I told somebody Friday night I had to pray and resurrect her. But God took care of her and protected her and protected me. <laughs> Amen. Sister Karen was on that one. But anyway, but the little dog run through the house and everything. And I thought, Lord, this isn't what I meant. When I run over it with the golf cart, this isn't what I meant to help me so I can pray that this little dog gets out of the way. Because my brother said right away, he seen the dog, and he said, is she all right? And I said, oh, yeah. He said, man, I was worried. I said, me too, because I looked at that dog, and all I could see was dead money laying there. My brother said, I looked at you being homeless. <laughs> but he knows my wife as well as I do. But anyway... But she run through the house hollering. I thought that something had jumped on her and beat her up. I was coming in from outside, and I heard her all the way outside. But then when I went in, she comes over, and she curls up right down at my feet. And she just lays there. She's content. She don't want anything. Don't run through the house. During the day when I'm at home, if I'm at working on a lesson or something, she's right there at my feet. I don't have to worry about nothing. I can pray. God works. Might not be the way we think, but God works. In Malachi, the third chapter, in Malachi 3, God said this. He said, prove or try me now if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. He says, try me now. Prove me. Just give me a chance. And see if I won't bless you above all that you expect or can comprehend. Luke 4, 9 through 13. Round 3. We're getting through here. And he brought him to Jerusalem and set him on a pinnacle, on the temple, and said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down from hence. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou, die, thou dash thy foot against a stone. And Jesus answered and said to him, It is written, it is said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed from him for a season. Jesus reminded the enemy, he reminded the devil of God's word. The devil wasn't giving up. He was still pursuing. He's not giving up on you today. 
He's still pursuing. He's not going to give up or halt in anything that he's trying to deceive or pull you away from until he thinks that he could, he's possibly won. The devil knows God's word. In verse 11 and 10, he said, this was the devil telling Jesus, he said, He shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time dash thy foot against a stone. The devil knows God's word. We must know the word of God. We must have it in us. The, Jesus used the sword or the word against the enemy. He knew the word. We must have it. Second Timothy, uh, as Brother Jerry preached this morning, he brought this scripture out. It isn't a rerun. I think it's something that we must get. Second Timothy 2 and 15, Study to show thyself approved unto God, not unto anyone else, not to nothing else, but to God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. When we take God's word and we quote something or we say something, make sure that we have it all. You know, read the above and the below. Read the in-between there. We have to get it all. That's why that we, it's so important for us to know God's word, to study it, and to have it in us. You know, a lot of times... We, we talk about our children, and uh, I can remember uh, my mother saying a lot of times that what's inside is what's going to come out. Uh, I think Dr. K one Wednesday night in the back gave a perfect analogy talking about an orange, an orange juice. When you squeeze that orange, orange juice is coming out. What's inside is going to come out. And it's the same way with us. What's inside of us is going to come out. Is it the right stuff? Is it the stuff that God wants in us that's going to come out? We need to make sure. In, uh, also in Matthew seven fifteen, the pastor brought this scripture out. Jesus speaking, be aware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing. But inwardly, they are raving wolves. Did you know that the devil is in churches today and working in churches? He is. Many churches are doing their own thing. God, not anything for God or of God. I was reading a, just a few days ago, Beck showed me, a uh, pastor of a uh, Presbyterian megachurch, the second largest Presbyterian church. And she said, that pastor said that God was not a Christian and that Christianity is not the only way to heaven. And so they went on and, and uh, her name is Shannon Johnson Kirshner. She's currently the pastor now of the 4th Presbyterian Church of Chicago. But she went on to say that for her, the Christian tradition, the Christian tradition now, we're talking about traditions, is the way to understand God and her relationship with the world and other humans. 
When asked about hell, she said that she doesn't believe that the God she knows will send anyone to hell. I thought she'll be the first one there, probably. Also, another. this is just showing you how the enemy doesn't respect the church anymore, and he tries to come in. Um, I was told about a church that has started brewing. Now get ready for this. Not coffee. Brewing its own beer to attract new members to its church. Don't nobody ask me where that church is. I don't know. <laughs> but the devil is a sly one, or so he thinks. The first thing we think about, you think about the Grinch that stole Christmas. You know, everybody saw that and said, he's a sly one, the old Grinch. Well, the devil really thinks he's sly, but we're wiser. The Word of God tells us in John 10, 10, The thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. He, all he wants to do is to kill and steal. You know, it's like someone told me one time, I heard a preacher say that, have you ever seen billboards going down the road? They're up there to attract your attention, to, see, to get you to look, to get you interested, to see if you'll uh, partake in that. And whatever it is that, you know, it, it may be uh, they put, this athlete up there drinking alcohol or something. They don't put an old guy that's all beat up and all that. They put a young girl up there or something. But he said, you know, it's all lights and it's all glamorous from the front. But if you walk around to the back and you look at it, it's nothing but old rotten lumber, wood, and nails that's holding that up there, which it's not that way now. We know they don't use, it's all iron and steel and stuff but the point of the matter is the devil will paint any kind of picture to get you to look off but God is trying to speak to us deeper and wants our attention you know the devil will kill your faith he will steal your joy he will destroy your family you don't have to be married for him to destroy your family He'll destroy your immediate family, brothers, sisters, mother, immediate family. The musicians can come if they will. When my son was young, he was about probably eight, nine years old, and his first cousin was a couple of years older than him, and he would always hit him. He would hit, Chris would hit Josh, and he'd run. He'd run from him. Well, he couldn't outrun Josh. It was just the thought that if he could get a few steps ahead of him, he could get to his parents, and they would pull Josh off. The thing was, they'd be sitting around, and they would be playing with their little trucks or cards or something, and, and he'd reach over there, and he'd just pop him, and he'd laugh and jump up and take off. Well, Josh one day came to me about it, and I told him, I said, the next time he punches you in the in the stomach or the arm or something, when you catch him, you just pop him on the nose. Just pop him one time on the nose. I'll end it. And so Josh done that, 
And Chris grabs his nose and goes running to his parents. And he said, Josh hit me. He's crying and all this. Chris's dad told Josh, he said, Josh, if Chris hits you again, you hit him back, but don't punch him in the nose. He said, you hear me? He said, yes, sir. He said, Chris didn't hit you in the nose. He said, okay. And I'm sitting right there beside him. And I said, Josh, if Chris hits you again, you punch him in the nose. And he looked at me, his dad did, and he said, why? I said, because that's the only way that that'll stop. Chris didn't punch him no more, to make a long story short. But you know, the devil throws punches. The devil punches you. The devil has maybe beat on you some and has maybe bruised you some. Maybe he's cut you deep. But I'm here to tell you tonight that you're not beaten or defeated. Romans 8.37 says, Nay, in all things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Jesus has always been, still is, forever will be the reigning champion, our victor. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Is there someone here tonight that doesn't know Jesus as your personal Savior? You know, we talk about Jesus coming back in the twinkling of an eye. But I don't think sometimes we really understand what a twinkling in the eye is. It's not a wink. It's not how fast you blink. It's a twinkle that is in your eye. It's faster. He's going to return faster than that. There won't be no time to say, I'm sorry. Have I got just a few minutes to make things right with someone else or to ask God's forgiveness for something? We've got to be ready. We've got to know. In everything tonight, all of this, all the fight, all the box, is Jesus doing your fighting for you? He'll fight for you. He's the only winner. You can't win without him. Maybe you need to come for a refreshing, a refreshing of God, or have a special need. As they begin to sing, I want you to search yourself and see. You know, there's a reason that we come to God's house. And I come that I get enough of God to help me make it to Wednesday. That I feel that I'm in His presence. If I have a need, I don't want to carry that the rest of the week and hope that I can come back Wednesday and have someone pray with me. It's here tonight. Now's the time. A special need for you or someone in your family. A prayer cloth. Anything. God's here. And God wants to do something for you tonight. He wants to honor you and bless you.